Welcome to an all-new episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia, and thank you all for joining us. This is going to be episode one of season two. So we're going to be talking a little bit about this Spurs versus Blazers game. Um, there's not much that we can say that's positive because this is yet another loss for the San Antonio Spurs, but we'll try to do our best uh, to go ahead and look for the silver li- lining in this horrible loss. Spurs drop one to the Portland Trailblazers by a final score of 121 to 116 here at the AT&T Center. San Antonio is now 5-8 and eight on the season, and so are the Portland Trailblazers. They are also 5-8. and eight. Things didn't look good for the San Antonio Spurs right out the gate, I gotta say, because in the first quarter, the San Antonio Spurs gave up 41 points, you know, to the Portland Trailblazers, and it didn't look like things were going to get that much better. Second quarter comes around, and San Antonio has some life. You know, they actually started playing some defense, and they found out, lo and behold, when we play defense, by golly, we can get ourselves back in the game, you know? (laughs) So that's what they did. They actually made a little run. They got back in the game. Everything was looking like, hey, this might actually be something these guys can turn around. And it just wasn't in the cards, man. Some questionable calls late in the game in the fourth kind of changed the dynamic for the San Antonio Spurs and switched the momentum into the Portland Trailblazers' favor. And that's pretty much all she wrote. San Antonio didn't really close out this game the way they should have. And when you leave things up to the refs, things like this do happen. You know, everybody was excited because they thought the Spurs were going to be able to beat the Portland Trailblazers, and unfortunately, when you give up 41 points to start off a game, you don't play consistent defense for four quarters as a whole as a team. This is what happens. You know, they worked hard to get themselves back in, but unfortunately, it's a loss, you know? So it was an ugly loss. So we'll go ahead and start with you, Jonas. Uh, Thank you for joining us, my friend. Jonas Clark is here joining us, a special guest on an all-new episode of the Two Shots podcast. So, Jonas, go ahead and let us know, what did you think about tonight's game? Well, Joe, thanks for having me in here. I appreciate it. Um, Tonight's game was a major disappointment, but it's just more of the same of what we've gotten recently. You know, um, another 40-point quarter, you go back to the the game against the Timberwolves, and we gave up two of those there. Um, And it's a stretch that just we haven't been able to stop. And, it's funny, Joe, uh, I was just pulling up my notes from the last time that we played the Blazers uh, on October 28th, and then it, it was really the three ball. The three ball got Portland started. Um, they came out ready to play. We didn't. We ended up down big then. We ended up down big tonight, and we didn't get a lucky bounce. Um, to kind of go our way, uh, like we did when when Dane missed the shot last time. It was ugly, and I don't know what we really need to do. Other than, you know, Coach Pop getting thrown out, which was the highlight of the night, because you did have Spurs history in the making. They didn't outright say it. They said, "Oh, they're you know they they're all coaching right now." Whoever was out there, I believe it was uh, Becky Hammond and. And Tim Duncan, and I believe another uh, coach. I forgot his name. I think that was Will Hardy. Will Hardy. I think that was Will Hardy. Will Hardy was out there as yeah. well. So they're like, this is a collection. This is a collective made up of de- of all these three coaches. They're they're taking the ranks. I don't know what's so hard about letting Becky Hammond have her night to shine, you know, and officially say, 
she is standing in for Coach Pop, and yes, the Spurs made history. It, it, it was a good thing, you know? So unofficially, Becky Hammond made Spurs history tonight. You know, I I don't know what the, the final take is going to be on that, but to me, that was one of the, the highlights of the evening. That, and we did get to see some Lonnie Walker. And limited play, but Lonnie Walker was out there nonetheless. You know? Like three minutes, yeah. Yeah, he was out there. He was <laughs> yeah. out there. Spurs fans wanted him out there, and they let him play. So, Wesley, what was your take on tonight's game? Well, a few takes. A, you know, when you look at this game, you you can't manufacture energy by getting behind. I mean, that just can't occur. And that's constantly what we see with the starting unit, especially is just a lack of focus to start games, uh, a lack of cohesion, uh, not making simple plays. Uh, everybody taking responsibility on their own shoulders instead of trusting their teammates. And lo and behold, what do you see in the fourth quarter? When uh, Portland made the comeback on the Spurs and got close, it was the same thing with in, uh, at Orlando last night. Uh, you know, you just got to, you got to just, I don't know what it is, but you got to stop trying to do things on your own. Um, the second thing is, like you said, just lineups. You know, I, I don't know why Marco Bellinelli is still playing. I really don't. We've been talking about it for a while. But, you know, the guy comes in, he's a defensive liability. He goes 0 for 4 tonight, and he doesn't give you anything. And you sit Damari Carroll on that bench, a guy who you signed as a free agent, a guy who has defensive skills, a guy who's got rebounding skills, a guy who's a good energy player. Um, and you, you played Lonnie Walker, sure, but, again, his minutes were limited, and he did show you some sparks. Um, but, again, it just goes back to more of the same, just very inconsistent at times, sparks of, of really good chemistry and – and uh, teamwork, and then a lot of just, you know, very bogged down, uh, take it upon myself kind of basketball. Well, Wesley, to go ahead and reiterate your comment on Marco Beninelli. Fun fact of the night, Marco Beninelli played a total of 14 minutes. Had zero points, but in the plus minus, he was plus 19 on the night. Still had a positive <laughs> impact on the team. By not scoring a single point. How in the <laughs> hell does that even happen? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, sometimes I wonder plus minus. Look, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, you know, you can't deny that that's what it was. That's what the stats say it was, plus, the plus 19. But, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's more him or the fact that the bench was just really energetic uh, most of the night. And he just happened to be on the floor as that was going on. I don't know. He was so bad. He was actually good, I guess. <laughs> he was yeah. the equivalent of the dirty parking lot diaper that was just <laughs> there on the floor in the parking lot at the right time somebody's trying to mug you and the mugger winds up slipping on the dirty diaper and you get away <laughs> that that's what that happened that's exactly what that is the equivalent of uh in tonight's game uh so smells as bad too yeah it smells yep. as bad too but one thing has been clearly evident in the skit that the spurs have been on at the core, if you if you want to put the blame on one player in particular, you can't. But you can off you can also see that it's quite evident that Marco Beninelli isn't quite the same player anymore. You know, mm -hmm. yes, I understand the logic of having him out there on the floor. He is a veteran. He's familiar with the Spurs system. But at the end of the day, if he can't play defense. You have him out there because he's supposed to be sinking in threes, and he can't do that. He had zero points on the night. When do you when do you bench him in favor of 
giving those minutes to somebody else as a, you know, like maybe a Damari Carroll or a Lonnie Walker. Uh, what do you think, Jonas? You nailed it right there, Joe. Damari Carroll. Why the hell wasn't he in tonight's game with DeJounte out? You got a 3 and D guy. Uh, he's shown multiple times he can do it. And you still go to Marco Bellinelli. There's, there's no... There's no reason for that. And and the thing is here, too, that it's not just a Pop thing because Pop missed damn near half the game, and they still elected not to bring Damari Carroll in. So this is institutionalized that we're playing Marco Bellinelli, and it makes and, – and, and apparently until he finds his shot, and it makes zero sense. I, I – I, I'm, at, I'm at a loss for words. I want to storm out on the court right now and ask Pop the same way that he wanted to go after those refs because it makes no sense. Yeah, I think Spurs fans as a as a collective need to run out there on the court at the same time and say, "No more Marco Beninelli. That's enough. We had can, enough." <laughs> can we get a can we get a, a protesting of Marco Bellinelli at the AT and T Center, like just behind behind Matt Bonner? And and Dan and just signs. We just need to have no more Marco. Just I don't know. Please. That's the challenge. Hey, Maybe we can uh, attest, you know, and put on to some of the Spurs <laughs> fans out there. Bring out your signs. Maybe everybody just get a white T-shirt and put no more Beninelli. However many people you need to buy tickets for, and that hey, way forget forget <laughs> the signs. Forget the signs, dudes. Just take the Hill Country Fair diapers and throw them on the court oh, when it comes God. out. Make him leave the court. I'm telling you right now. Not even put him H- out there. Not even H-E-B brand, like I said. <laughs> H-E-B brand's too good for him, man. But let's go ahead hey. and talk. Wow. Let's talk about some stats for the night. You know, let's look at the starters. Trey Lyles, he was out there 20 minutes, put up three points. LaMarcus Aldridge, 35 minutes, 30 points. Derek White, 34 minutes, 10 points. DeMar DeRozan had 37 minutes, put up 16 points. Bryn Forbes, 28 minutes. 17 points on the night. And then you look at the bench. The bench, they were not as productive as they had been in in past games. Uh, Tonight, you only had, really, you had Rudy Gay, who had 23 minutes. He put up 16 points on the night. Jakob Portal, as Wesley had uh, attested on the live stream earlier, he did have a decent game, even though the stats might not show it. He had 18 points. I mean, he he played 18 minutes. He had nine points on the night. But he did some things out there defensively that you were impressed with. You know, you want to go ahead and uh, fill us in a little bit more about what you saw out there on the court from from Jakob Portal. Yeah, I, I thought that he just he played aggressive. Um, you, you could tell from the get go that you know it didn't matter who came down the lane; he wasn't going to let somebody score easily. And and the one bugaboo we've seen defensively more than anything else is the anti-pop. Right, pop is always preached. Uh, taking people to the corners, taking people down the baseline, never letting anybody go down the middle. And with this first team's this this past few years, especially this year, you just see teams going right down the middle of the paint and scoring. And so it was nice to see Jakob just step up and kind of take that, you know, take that upon himself. And yeah, he got into foul trouble just a little bit uh, and uh, got a little frustrated at a few of the calls. But uh, they kind of needed that. It was at a point in time where they needed a spark, and I thought he really provided that. And um, you know, I thought Rudy Gay did some of the same things. Uh, you saw that with him, too. You saw him get real aggressive. 
Um, and, and, you know, Joe, you've been the biggest, you know, flag waver for, for Lonnie uh, of all of us. And I'm going to tell you something. Lonnie Walker made a couple of defensive plays that were real impressive tonight. Uh, they're not going to show up. You'd have to go back in the film and watch it. But he made a couple of one-on-one plays and then a couple of help plays that were really impressive. And I start looking at that going, how is that not worthy of more time? How is that not worthy? And, and the same thing with Jonas, what he was saying with, with Damari. You know, that, that's the kind of effort that you saw out of Jakob tonight. I thought it was contagious. I, I thought it went into other players as well. Yeah, exactly. Because, look, you know, I'm not saying that Lonnie Walker is the cure-all for the San Antonio Spurs. I'm just saying he's a young, a young player that's been in the Spurs system for some time now. And I think that he can contribute. You know, all I'm saying is you have Marco Beninelli who put in zero points on the night and he had 14 minutes out there. Lonnie Walker was more productive out there on the court than Marco Beninelli, both from an offensive and a defensive standpoint. Lonnie Walker had 11 minutes on the night. He scored four points. You know, he was already a plus 11. And and those were just very limited minutes. Now, can you imagine if we also had, let's say, Damari Carroll in there tonight? I mean, what could he have done defensively? Or even maybe he could have knocked down some open threes. I mean, he could have shot a hell of a lot better than Marco Beninelli did tonight. You know, but we'll never know because he's not given the opportunity. And that's a head-scratcher. I think that's one of the things that's perplexing all of Spurs Nation right now. Why aren't these guys getting more minutes and why... Is Marco Beninelli still out there on the court? Every time he comes out, I want to roll my eyes. I want to pull out my hair. I, ro- I want to run into the wall and hit my head. You know, <laughs> I just yeah. don't want to see it anymore. I mean, it, get the guy off the damn court. The time has come. You got to yank him, man. He's 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 a he's a scrub. You know, he's horrible, and, and we deserve better than that. You know, you at some point. These Spurs fans are going to get so upset, they're going to stop going to the games, you know, and that's mm-hmm. going to get the Spurs where it hurts them. You want the, the fans to return back and you want them to come back and get those attendance numbers up and you're going to want to make money at the end of the year. You got to start winning games, guys, plain and simple, you know, and with this current concoction that they have out there, it's not working. It's like a drink, Jonas. You're trying out a new drink. You're at this new bar. Everybody promises you this drink is going to taste amazing. And you drink it and it's pure ass. It's not working, dude. No matter what but it I'm looks like. I'm still drinking it, Joe. I'm still drinking it. I'm thinking that the more <laughs> I drink, the more I drink, the better it's going to start tasting. Oh, Lord. You would say something like that. You would say something eventually, like that. Eventually, it's got to start tasting good here. If, that I, and I don't know if it's the bartenders just might not be making the drink right, Joe. They're and using the well. They're down. using those well drinks, man. The well liquor. <laughs> well, it could be the well, or it could just be off portions of what's supposed to go on the shaker. You know, and that goes back to Wesley's point from earlier about maybe we just need to have an adjustment in the starting lineup because. Yeah. I know that Derek White was the only change, and that's because of DeJounte's minutes. But maybe there needs to be more than just that point guard position that needs to change because uh, I said it before, and we've all kind of alluded to it here again. You just can't start a game down 12 points. 
down 15 points. You can't let a team go on, uh, on a streak from behind the three-point arc like we did tonight. None of that's allowed to happen. And if it means that you sacrifice a little on your bench unit in order to put Derek White out there with DeJounte Murray and get hyper-aggressive, if that means that in order to do so you have to – uh, relegate DeMar DeRozan to the bench so you can keep your three-point shooting out there with Bryn Forbes because the more he shoots, he's going to need to warm up that shot if you're going to need him in the second, third, and fourth quarters. That's what the first quarter is for, and you have two defenders out there to play heavy defense and keep the score low while he warms up. Something's got to give. I don't know if it. I don't. I don't know if Jakob Pertl needs to be in that starting lineup because again. What you get from Trey Lyles, and, and, and this goes, I think, hand-in-hand hand with what you were talking about, Jakob, uh, Wesley, is what he provides. It's not the points every night, but it's, he's, a, he's second on the team in rebounds. He's hyper-aggressive. He had three major blocks tonight. Um, and he's just, as far as a, a guy but in his first two months in the system, he's really found his role in the system. He's picking this up pretty good. So imagine a starting lineup that features LaMarcus Aldridge, Trey Lyles, De, uh, DeJounte Murray, Derek White, and Bryn Forbes. You have a great combination of youth, experience. L.A. still gets to take his shots and feel like he's the one running the team. And then you have a second unit that comes off the bench, and you've got Patty Mills, DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gay, Jakob Pertl. I'd like to see Damari Carroll end up in there somewhere. So – and, and, and Derek Derek can play, I think, 36 minutes if you really need him to, to in order to run that second unit. But we've got to play with this a little bit more, and I think that sticking with this same plan, continuing to put the wrong proportions of the right ingredients in the shaker is why the drink tastes like ass. <laughs> Speaking well of that, we need, to make, we need to make a shot in, in your honor. We'll just call it ass. <laughs> Nobody's drinking that drink if you name it Somebody ass. will drink that damn drink. I bet you a lot of people would drink that. It doesn't even matter if it's bad. Just the name of it alone, you know? <laughs> it would be ass juice is what that would be. That's unappealing. Call hey, it. Joe and Jonas, let me throw this out at you, okay? So agree yeah, with you, Jonas, about what you say here's my thing. And we were talking about this the other night. I don't feel like the NBA has positions anymore. Not like they used to, you know what, what I feel like you, right. know, you saw that again tonight with, with the Blazers, uh, Nasir Little's in the lineup along with, you know, Hassan Whiteside. So they really basically have one big and then, you know, one forward who's about six, seven. And then, you know, you know, obviously Lillard and, and uh, McCollum and uh, hood, which are, you know, all, all forwards and guards, I mean, for the most part. So nobody's really playing under the basket. And, and I kind of feel like maybe that's also where the Spurs are just a little bit kind of, uh, I, don't, I don't know, behind the times a bit, is they're still trying to play position-based basketball. And it's almost like you almost would, would rather see uh, DeMar and, and, you know, uh, Derek. And I know when DeJounte's out there, I, I would love to see them out together. Uh, along with the Bryn Forbes, spread that floor out, get four uh, four guards slash forwards, and let Lamarcus be the one in the middle. Then you've got some flexibility with Lyles, with Pirtle, where you can keep all those guys fresh coming in. And if you need to play two bigs at times, you can do it. 
But to me, what, where you see fundamental problems is none of the Spurs outside of Bryn Forbes are capable of hitting, and Patty Mills off the bench, are capable of hitting a consistent three-point shot. And it, it's really causing havoc to have two bigs on the floor at the same time because the guys that need the slash to the basket can't because they're not playing pick-and-roll basketball for the most part. So I don't know. I, I feel like that's part of the problem why the, why the drink is uh, truly ass right now. It's just that there's not enough space to drive the ball. And if the three-point shooting is not going to be there, then you've got to change the philosophy of how you're, you're taking this team and, and what you're putting on this floor for this team to, to be able to be effective. Yeah, and just, you know, speaking of ass, let's go ahead and talk about <laughs> how bad they were, <laughs> how bad the Spurs were from, from the perimeter as far as their perimeter defense goes. The Portland Trail Blazers connected on 13 of 39 three-point attempts. They shot 33.3% from beyond the arc. The Spurs only managed to chunk up 18 three-point shots. They connected on five of those and shot 27.8% from beyond the arc tonight. That's not really going to cut it. Joe, to build on that stat, in the first quarter, when we were down 20, the Blazers were 7 of 11 from 3. That's 63% versus the Spurs 1 of 6 for 16%. And you have Michael Beninelli to think for that too because he's the three-point specialist, is he not? But you don't have, I, That one, Marco doesn't get the blame. That's the first quarter. <laughs> let me okay, blame Marco. You let me blame Marco, damn it. <laughs> I, I, I'm... I'm Jumping on Marco along with everybody else, but I think that if if we're looking for a scapegoat here and we're trying to put it on one person, then this season's not going to turn around because this is a whole team effort, and there are guys that are, that go out there and they give it their all. You just goes out there and gives it too much. I think um, he just tries to do way too much with the ball in his hands, and that's turned to a turned into a lot of turnovers this year. But I, they all have to have that want. Whatever it was that Tim Duncan said in that first huddle after, the, after Pop had gotten ejected, that team came out with a fire we have not seen since the first game. And I don't, they were aggressive on both ends of the floor. They got... Dame to throw uh, to to hold onto the ball all the way down to three seconds left on the shot clock because he couldn't get a pass because Rudy Gay and, and Derek White were, were were just drowning him. It got we got super aggressive and then we just lost it again. And I think that when we lost it was when we started to believe that the refs wouldn't let us win the game. And that's when you call a timeout, you recollect your guys, you say, hey. The refs are going to call what the refs are going to call. You've got to go out there and you've got to play our brand of basketball. And what are and 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 that opens up the real big question. And and you hear it all across the city is what is Spurs basketball right now? We Spurs, don't know. Spurs but basketball is playing defense, and we saw shades of that when they when started that defense. Yeah, exactly, because mm-hmm. the defense actually turned into offense on several plays. Rudy Gay had a block. Patty started with the fast break. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. And on the inbound pass, it was dirty. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm talking about. You, you're turning defense into offense because you either get a block, you know, you get a steal, 
And what happens is it starts the fast break going the opposite way down the court. And then you either have a spectacular dunk or you have a layup and you have the opportunity for the and one, you know. And we saw that, saw some of that. We saw the Spurs playing with some fire, you know, actually gave, playing like they gave a damn, you know. But that didn't last very long. You know, it's it's inconsistent. You know, you need to see more of that. And I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's it's the want to, the laziness, the heart that we haven't seen so much out of this team. I guess I guess what's what we're we're alluding to is that they get very complacent, you know. And one of the things that I've seen out there so far in the season is they get lazy on the offensive end. And what they're doing out there is that they're settling for a lot of jump shots, a lot of jump shots, shooting yep. the ball real early with the, you know a lot of clock left, and it's just because they're trying to beat the defense. You know the defense is coming at them and they're like. Well, I'm open. I'm just going to take the shot. It's not a good shot. The days of the Spurs stereotypical type of basketball was you don't shoot that early in the clock. You look for the best possible position to try to execute and score offensively. And it doesn't matter if there's three seconds or there's five seconds left on the clock. You're, you're trying to get your man in position to be very productive. And right now, all I'm seeing is they're settling for stuff. They're settling for jump shots. And, you know, sometimes they just don't connect on a high level of those. And what happens is the ball goes the other way. It's on a fast break. Spurs are horrible in transition defense. And what happens? Teams kill us in the paint because they're getting to the bucket with ease. They're getting easy layups. They're getting dunks. They're getting alley-oops because the Spurs defense stinks especially that transition defense. They can't stop anything, you know. But if they decide to play a little bit better, as we saw tonight, it's proven that the Spurs system still works. But right now it's a broken system because the def the defense is non-existent. It's inconsistent. So I'm, unfortunately, fellas, I think we're going to look to see more of the same. I, I think that yeah. the Spurs are going to wind up losing a couple of more games this week. And... The media is going to have a field day. I can see all the headlines already, and it's not going to be favorable, you know, yep. to the Spurs. There's going to be a lot of nasty things spewing out there. I'm sure there is already on Spurs Twitter the the nexus of toxicity that I call it, but <laughs> it is what it is on that end. So, in closing here, fellas, give us your take on how you fare. How do you think the Spurs the Spurs will fare this coming week? Because they have some tough matchups. Uh, let's start with you, Wesley. Oh, man. Okay, so four games on the road. They're going to go one and three. Um, and here's why. I, I, I'm just – if you look at the 48 minutes of basketball, they're playing 30 minutes of basketball right now in any given game, and that's just not going to cut it. Uh, you, you can't play a 48-minute basketball game uh, by leaving a quarter out at, at least every, every game. Uh, it, it may be the fourth quarter. It may be the first quarter. It may be a combination. Um, but you know, also Joe, just to kind of piggyback and why I think this is going to go that way. Uh, you know, it's, it's the defense, which is horrible, which we all know, but it's the efficiency of this team too, the lack thereof, you know, when you saw the Spurs of, of old that were, that were, uh, constantly beating opponents that were more athletic than them or that had better stars than them, it was because of how they moved the ball, the trust that they showed in each other. And, you know, you, you can look no further than uh, a Bruce Bowen who 
you know, nobody would have trusted to, to shoot, you know, in their backyard, let alone an NBA game um, that they developed the trust in that corner three. And I, I just look at that and I, I just wonder when is it going to come or is it going to come this season where, you know, one of those guys like DeRozan is going to drive the lane uh, and look out and see Patty Mills, who's having a career year, by the way, uh, to, to for, for a three or they're, they're going to pass it around the horn again and get somebody wide open on the other side. We just haven't seen that kind of movement those assists, those kinds of things on the offensive end. And, and thus, you know, they're, they're discombobulated and they can't get back on D. Um, so, yeah, again, more of the same. Uh, unfortunately, one and three. And you're right. There's going to be some there's going to be some ugliness in the media. And uh, quite frankly, there's going to be some calls to tank this season, I believe, here soon I, enough. I think it's too too late for that already. And we know that's not the Spurs way. They're probably going to wind up putting up a valiant effort and maybe maybe make the eighth seat you know, and then get bounced in the first round if it comes to that. Or this could actually be maybe one of the years that the Spurs miss the playoffs entirely because they can't figure things out. We don't know yet. I'm just, you know, guessing at this point because I think we're all um, at a loss for words as, as what is the magic fix to this team. But one of the things that I have noticed before I pitch to Jonas, and he can talk a little bit about this as well, is the lack of any type of rotation on the offensive end. It seems like the offense just gets stagnant and people are just standing around. Where is the movement without the ball? Why aren't you all coming out to help each other? There's hardly any screens. There's no pick and rolls to speak of. No pick and pops. You know, no give and goes, really. I mean, this is fundamental basketball. I don't know what the product is out there on the court, but it doesn't resemble uh, what we've grown to know as Spurs basketball. And I don't really see an easy fix, and I don't think it's going to be something that will fix itself within the next four or five games. I think this is something that we're going to be dealing with in the middle of December, you know? So it's going to be a long season, to say the least. But, Jonas, what's going on with this team in closing? Well, Joe, to answer your question there, uh, I think that we do see the ball movement. but And it's been noted on the TV side of things, too, that the ball movement always seems to be just focused on opening up a three-point shot and not driving to the rim. They're always it, you always see that the swooping and the moving and the and the and the, the kind of lob passes to each other uh, as they're kind of creating mismatches, creating space, but it's not to drive the basketball. They're always keeping it at the three-point line because that's where they're pri- that's where whatever for whatever reason they're focused on. And I know that we're talking about you know it's been mentioned here that uh, the Spurs are getting outshot just in sheer numbers from three-point range. But why is that the primary focus shot when we all are? I think that you, you again, when DeJounte is out there on the court, you see a lot more of the ball movement. You see a lot more of the communication because – I mean, I think Carter Rosen kind of goes and settles into his own game, and LaMarcus settles into his own game, and Patty decides to come down court and chuck up a three, and then Marco, when he when he's in the, he just comes down and, for whatever reason, he just starts shooting until he gets lucky, uh, which is not <laughs> happening. So it didn't happen um, at all in tonight's game. He was zero. He had zero points tonight. Last night's game, you know, he I think he missed like two. Or three first and then he hits a deep three and then the second he gets the ball he runs back down and 
chucks a three again uh, with horrible form, and surprise, surprise, he misses it. Uh, so I think that we do see a version of of uh, ball movement, but the focus is is too much on like you're saying already on the jump shot as opposed to driving math. Uh, on the subject of playoffs, it was a calendar year ago when the Spurs were struggling. And everybody was saying, the Spurs are going to miss the playoffs. They're going to win 35 games. They're not even going to get close. This is going to be off. Lo and behold, Greg Popovich coaches the team to a seventh seed, uh, coached the team to a game seven against a rather solid Denver uh, Nuggets team in the playoffs, and it could, which we should have won that series. So what we look like in November – is hardly a reflection of what this team will look like um, as we as we come down this. But these little things that we're all noticing now, if they don't change, there is going to be an issue. Now we are are still missing uh, the opportunity to have Dejounte Murray for a full game. Right, you remove that minutes restriction. That's when you get to start to see the him and Derek White sharing the court at the same time, just because of the sheer addition of minutes of his available. So when we get to see that, uh, and we can kind of roll with that for a month, I think we'll get a clearer picture of what this team looks like offensively and defensively when you have all sets available to you. Um, but in closing, guys, I think that uh, the Spurs will go two and two. I mean, let's face it. You got two of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference in this four-game stretch. I know we don't typically play well in New York against the Knicks. We got blown out last year, twice if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I think there's a little bit of that extra extra fire with it this year, too, because the team does still – if they don't, then they just need to put this in their lockers and convince themselves that they're still kind of hurt by Marcus Morris deciding to go to the Knicks as opposed to the Spurs. Um, show them why he belongs at the bottom of the Eastern Conference and why we still need to be in the discussion uh, as at least a mid-level team in the West. Uh, and I think we can pull that one off. The, the Sixers are coming off of a loss, so maybe... Again, this kind of just depends. I always believe I always believe in um, a trend. If you can build a winning trend going into a, a set of games, then then you will most likely win. Or if you lose the night before, you might come back and play a little bit harder. All these things kind of play into it. So I think that they will have factors. We'll go two and two in the whole series um, on this road road trip. And and I think that uh, by the time we get done with this, we're going to start looking at some some serious practice time coming in December. All right. Well, Jonas Clark, there you go. Ever the optimist. He's giving you the silver line, lining in this horrible debacle that is Spurs basketball at the moment. You're just missing you're missing the extra the extra quarter of evaporation on the inside of that half full glass, Joe. It's half full, but there's still a little bit of water around the rim that takes it a little bit above a half. Yeah, I thought you were talking about the <laughs> shot that you invented. The concoction called ass, but <laughs> no. no. <laughs> so I digress. Oh, you, made, you made the ass drink. You made the ass drink. 
Not mine. I made uh-huh. it, but you're gonna drink it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my! So there we go. That's uh, about all the time we have for today's episode of the Two Shots Podcast. Uh, make sure you go and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and also on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel which. We are posting live videos after the Spurs game. We have a new post-game show called the Spurs Takeover. So make sure you do take a look at that and you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And also we'd like to give a big shout out to our friends over at Project Spurs and the Project Spurs Network. Make sure you go and follow and like them across all social media platforms. And make sure you go and check out ProjectSpurs.com for all your San Antonio Spurs needs. They have great articles And they also have game recaps that they put up shortly after each game ends. So we'd like to recommend that you go out there and you take a look at their website. So for Jonas Clark. Even at a game like tonight, Jonas, you're right. So for Jonas Clark and Wesley Perkins, I'm Joe Garcia. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, be kind, and we're out. Peace.